0: times We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on, the on today's show, the topic is the Second the Amendment round. and how Joe Biden just said that it and, and the, the Constitution never were never absolute. That's his quote, world, and that should scare the, the tar out powerful. of all of you. I'm done Steps to the rescue and to liberation. Good morning, and welcome to The Rebellion. Like I said in the introduction, today's topic is the Second Amendment. And this mumbling, bumbling communication from our president, the President of the United States, where he actually said that the Constitution and the Second Amendment were never absolute. That's a quote. One of the sources I'm going to use today is ABC News. Not a conservative stalwart, I think that. But I'm going to use that. For the sake of objectivity, I'm not just going to cherry-pick from the NRA, etc. I'm going to use ABC News. Yes, I will quote from the NRA. And I'll also use other constitutional experts to address this issue of the Second Amendment. What does it say and what does it guarantee? Is it absolute or is it a fluid document that Joe Biden and the power brokers in Washington, D.C., can just ignore at whim, because they feel like it. That's really the issue in play, because the Second Amendment is very clear. It's just 20-some words. It's very clear. So after the break, I'm going to read the Second Amendment to you again. We'll cite it. We'll make sure that we understand exactly what it says. And then I'm going to read a bit from this ABC News report. I'm going to share with you the exact words of our president, what he said, And I'm going to suggest that if we don't stand up and defend our Constitution now, then our freedoms are lost. And I'm not talking about just the Second Amendment. That's just the canary in the cave, if you will, the canary in the coal mine. If the Second Amendment dies, then the entire Constitution dies with it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to the rebellion. All right, I'm going to read the Second Amendment to you right now. It's just 27 words. I'll say that again, 27 words. This this is in the Bill of Rights. And the language of the Second Amendment is very similar to the language of many of the other amendments. In other words, the right of the people shall not be infringed upon. Okay, that's that's part of the Second Amendment, and it's part of other amendments. So the consistency of language is important to acknowledge here. They were making the same point over and over again. Remember repetition, repetition, repetition? Well, that's, that's what the framers of the Constitution, the writers of the Bill of Rights, that's what they were doing. They were repeating over and over again that the right of the people shall not be infringed upon. Here's what it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Close quote. Now one more time, just so we all understand exactly what it says. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Infringed. That's the Second Amendment. And because of a couple shootings that have taken place recently, terrible shootings where deranged young men enter into the public square, whether it be a school or elsewhere, and shot and killed people, the left, and unfortunately some of the mushy right or mushy middle, have rushed to their political podiums to score political points, to negotiate, to discuss how that Second Amendment can be, uh, how should we say it, ignored, changed, Um, disputed, how we can come to a compromise on how to apply or ignore the Second Amendment to your daily lives and mine. And President Biden has been uh, leading the pack, if you will. I don't know if I should say that. I'm not sure the guy leads anything anymore. He's being led around by the nose, by his handlers. But nonetheless, he approached the podium to talk about his views of the Constitution, the Second Amendment, and what should be done about your right to keep and bear arms. Your right to protect your freedom, to be part of a free state, a free society, a free country a free community. You're right, as the Second Amendment tells you, to keep and bear arms and that that should not be infringed upon. Now, I'm going to get into the issue of a well-regulated militia. I'll say that one more time, a well-regulated militia, before we end the show, because that's the, that's the statement that people will use to say, well, it's only the militia that has the right to keep and bear arms. Well, it doesn't say the right of the militia. It says the right of the people to keep and bear arms. So there's obviously a connection with all of the people. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. But it does say a well-regulated militia, so the context needs to be understood. So we'll get into that very briefly at the end of the show. But first, let's go to what Joe Biden said as reported by ABC News. Here's what ABC actually reports. President Joe Biden told reporters Monday he spent more than three and a half hours with survivors and the families of victims of last week's mass shooting in Texas, where a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers. At Robb Elementary School. Returning to Washington, Biden said the pain he witnessed in Texas was palpable and unnecessary. And that he was and always has been committed to gun control efforts intended to reduce more violence. But there was only so much he could do as a president, he said. Major changes Uh, would need to be authorized by Congress, where a bipartisan group of lawmakers are again in negotiations over a possible bill, despite how divided they remain, remain over guns. And when a reporter asked Biden outside the White House if he felt more motivated to act on legislation now in the wake of recent shootings, such as that in Texas, Biden said he has been motivated all along. I'm going to continue to push, and we'll see how this works, he said. I can't outlaw a weapon. I can't change the background checks. This is where the legislature should act, he said. For example, it makes no sense to be able to purchase something that can fire up to 300 rounds. And he told reporters how, as a senator, he once spoke with trauma doctors who showed him an X-ray of the damage a high-caliber weapon can inflict on the body. How, and this is a quote, A 22 caliber bullet will lodge in a lung, and we could probably get it out. May be able to get it and save the life. I'm quoting from him right now. But a 9mm bullet blows the lung out of the body. Close quote. And then he went on to say that there is, quote, unquote, no rational basis for such weapons, even for hunting. Yes, he said that. Now, I want to stop right there, and I want to pick apart what this man just said. All right. <laughs> Granted, the guy can't communicate his way out of a paper bag. His mumblings, as usual, veer all over the map, and he can't put two sentences together in a coherent fashion. But I want you to listen what he said, as best we can figure it out, and consider again what he's apparently saying. And here it is. Number one, he's suggesting that anything over a 22 caliber is a high caliber weapon that should be banned. He explicitly says, and goes out of his way, to list a 9mm round as something that he wants to be illegal. So number one, he's suggesting that anything over a 22 caliber is a high caliber weapon and should be banned. Number two, he goes out of his way to include a 9mm round on his list of what he thinks should be illegal. And then he says, this is number three, that there's no rational basis for such weapons, i.e. anything over a 22 caliber, even for hunting. That's his quote, no rational basis. And he's referencing anything over a 22 caliber. That's the context of what he just said. There's no rational basis for anything over a 22 caliber even for hunting. That's what the President of the United States just told us. Now, my land, doesn't, doesn't he even understand that there's a reason it's considered unethical and illegal in most states to use a 22 caliber for deer hunting? I mean, I knew that when I was a 14-year-old kid. You don't use a twenty-two caliber to go deer hunting. Why? What's the reason for that? Because it will likely just maim the poor animal, and it won't kill it. You're going to shoot a deer. You're going to shoot um, a feral hog, and it probably won't kill the animal. It'll maim the animal, and he may die a long and agonizing death as the result of you maiming him. It's unethical to use a 22 caliber for hunting of larger game. You use it to hunt squirrels or rabbits maybe, but you don't use it for larger animals for the reasons I just described. And in fact, I said it. In most states, it's not legal to use a 22 caliber for deer hunting. Why? Because it is, it's cruel. It's cruel to do so. And this guy is telling us that there's no rational basis for anything over a 22 for hunting. PETA should be having a fit over what he just said. Now, here's another thing. What about those of us who need to protect our calves from coyotes or our crops from feral hogs? Are we supposed to just go out and use our Red Ryder BB guns? I mean, it... <laughs> And what good will a pop gun do you if someone is breaking into your house and threatening, threatening your wife and kids? Biden is confused, and he's a dangerous man. I would argue that he's lied so much over the course of his 80 years that he doesn't even know the truth any longer. And I really believe that. This man is a pathological liar. I mean, we've talked about it before. When he ran for president way back in the 80s, we know that even ABC, NBC, CBS, the mainstream media, which is all that we had at the time, labeled him a liar. Uh, He plagiarized in his college years. Flagrantly, he stole other people's information. He lied about it, claimed it to be his own. We know that the death of his first wife uh, he lied about that and basically ruined the life of a truck driver who was trying to avoid hitting th- his wife, who went through a stop sign. And the truck driver tried to stop to avoid the accident. Ended up uh, that the Biden's wife was killed, and Biden made it look like it was that truck driver's fault. Biden is not an honest man. He, he has been dishonest, and the mainstream media has called him on it repeatedly. And as I've said many, many times on this show, when you lie to yourself so frequently over the years of your life that you start to believe your own lies, which Biden does, and all of us are prone to do that if we don't tell the truth. You tell a story over and over again, and you start to believe the story as if it is fact, when indeed it never was. Biden has has done this repeatedly, And I would argue he's done it so often that he doesn't even know the truth any longer. But here's the issue. Here's the thing. Combine that fact that he's a pathological liar with the obvious evidence that he has dementia, and you have a person who's essentially delusional. And I I don't want you to forget that he summarized his comments, this meandering hodgepodge of half sentences. He, He summarized them after saying that a 22 caliber was the only thing you could use to go hunting and that there was no rational basis for any other weapon above a 22 caliber and then equating a 9 millimeter handgun with a high caliber uh, military weapon i guess is what he's trying to say which would mean that none of us would have the right to own uh, a handgun for self defense of anything over and above a 22 caliber what good is that why doesn't he just uh, say you can't have anything other than a Red rider BB gun? And I wouldn't be surprised if they even eventually go after that. But anyway, he summarized his comments by saying, The Constitution, comma, the Second Amendment, comma, was never absolute. Now let that sink in. The Constitution, comma, the Second Amendment, comma, was never absolute. The President of the United States, a man who swore gave his oath, gave his word to defend the Constitution of the United States of America, just told all of us that he considers the Constitution less than absolute. And the Second Amendment, less than absolute. What does that mean? That he can change it? That he can ignore it? Why? Because he feels like it for political expediency or political gain? The Constitution is the measuring rod outside of all things being measured in the United States people. We have it because without it, power, power will win. Power will always suppress the people. You will lose your rights, you will lose your freedom if there is no measuring rod outside of you and me and Washington, D.C. to control the most predictable thing in all of human history and that is sin the quest for the ring of power arrogance narcissism selfishness that is as inevitable as the sunrise and our founding fathers knew that and that's why we have competing powers that's why we have a constitution that's why we have a bill of rights that's why our legislators as well as our president and as well as our justices swear to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. It is absolute, and its Bill of Rights are likewise. And he just told you that he does not consider them to be so. And that should scare the tar out of all of us. That's why we have a Second Amendment, Because we need to be able to defend ourselves when you have delusional despots such as, I don't know, Joe Biden? You say, well, you're stretching it. He's not a despot. Well, I'm not sure about that. Because anybody that tells you that the Constitution and its amendments are not absolute is telling you that they lied when they swore to defend the Constitution. Because how can you defend something if you're then going to turn around and say, well, I didn't really mean I'll defend that, because that part of the Constitution isn't absolute. Now, in the few minutes we've got left, let's talk about whether or not the individual citizen has a right to keep and bear arms, or if it's just a militia. Well, the Supreme Court has told us in uh, District of Columbia versus Heller that, yes, the individual citizen does have the right to keep and bear arms. They actually said for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home that an individual citizen can own a handgun, and as long as he uses it lawfully, he doesn't endanger somebody else, uh, as long as he's not a felon, as long as you... Uh, aren't uh, mentally unstable, you can keep and bear an arm to defend yourself in your own home, and you don't have to be a member of the official militia to do so. They, that, that's been decided by the United States Supreme Court. I've got people telling me on Facebook that there is no right in the Constitution for the individual to keep and bear arms. It was only for the Army. It was only for the National Guard, the militia, they say. They're the only ones that can keep and bear arms. No other private citizen can. That's not what the Supreme Court has ruled. Again, in 2008, the District of Columbia versus Heller, the Supreme Court of the United States, has ruled properly that the individual does have the rights that the Second Amendment clearly guarantee him. I'll get into the militia in a minute here before we're done. But let's go to another landmark case. In 2010, this was McDonald versus the city of Chicago. This was a landmark decision of the Supreme Court of the United States that found that the right of a what? An individual to keep and bear arms is protected under the what? Second Amendment. And it is protected and incorporated by the Due Process Clause of the 14th Amendment and thereby is enforceable against the states. In other words, if a state decides to to take your Second Amendment rights away, you have the right of due process under the 14th Amendment to take action against that state. That's what the Supreme Court of the United States decided. Now, you've got a lot of debates over the Second Amendment and whether or not it protects the private right of an individual to keep and bear arms, or if it's just for an organized militia like the National Guard. But here's the history of this. The question was not even raised until after the Bill of Rights was adopted, this question of militia versus individual rights. Why? Why? I'm going to ask that question one more time. Why? Because the Founding Fathers... And the founding generation believed that governments, governments are prone to oppress people. And the history of England, Great Britain, gave them every reason in the world to believe that that risk needed to be controlled. Therefore, when they gave us our Constitution and the Bill of Rights, they wanted to give the private citizen the right to protect himself against the government Okay, And what was a militia? The militia consisted of ordinary citizens who supplied their own weapons. This is a commonly known fact. This is a historical fact that when our Constitution refers to a militia, they're referring to ordinary citizens who come to the defense of their Constitution, of their country, of their free republic with their own weapons. Okay, You couldn't have a militia if the private citizen would have been deprived of the right to keep and bear arms. The militia would have been a non-entity because the militia is comprised of the private citizens who already have their own arms. That is a fact. So the Second Amendment, which says, and I repeat, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Again, if you take the right of the people to keep and bear arms away, you don't have a militia, and therefore you can't secure a free state. Do you understand this logic? And when anybody on the progressive left denies that, they're denying history, they're denying facts, they're denying logic, and they're denying law. They're denying law that has stood for some 200 years. They're denying the clear reading of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and what it obviously says. And they're also denying the recent affirmation of everything I just said by the Supreme Court of the United States in 2008 and in 2010. And when Joe Biden or anybody else takes the podium and starts pontificating, about how a 22 caliber is safe, but anything above that isn't. That's just nonsense. And I'm going to repeat, it's cruel to use a 22 caliber to hunt large game. Everybody knows that, or at least everybody who has lived outside of New York City or Chicago or San Francisco. Anybody who actually lives in the country knows that you sometimes have the need for a high caliber, quote unquote, weapon because you want to protect your chickens from the raccoons that are going to kill them. You want to protect your horses from breaking their legs, so you shoot the armadillos that dig holes out in the pasture that are going to cause damage to your cows and your horses. You want to protect your newborn calves from coyotes. The list goes on and on. And if you want to provide food to your family, and you do so by hunting deer or hunting elk or hunting something else... And as we all know, there are many people who actually provide food for their families because they're deer hunters. And again, I repeat myself, but I just have to say it again. Uncle Joe, you don't use a 22 caliber rifle to go deer hunting. It would be cruel. It would be unethical. There's a reason. There's a reason that hunters agree that that should actually be illegal because it's wrong. And you don't use a 9mm either because, you know, Joe, that's essentially a handgun. So once again, aside from the mumbling and bumbling attempt to communicate by our President of the United States, and aside from his obvious ignorance, total ignorance as to what a 22 caliber is, what a nine millimeter is and what and what he's even talking about when it comes comes to firearms, I want to remind you that a well-regulated militia refers to the American people. George Mason actually described it. And he said this, I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. That's George Mason. I want to repeat that. Founding father George Mason said this, I ask, sir, what is the militia? And then he answered his own question by saying, it is the whole people. You are the militia. I am the militia. George Mason is making it very clear that the whole people is the militia and that it is necessary for that militia to exist for every individual, every person within the whole people having the right to keep and bear arms. Each individual has that right because it is necessary to the security of a free state. The Founding Fathers knew that the citizens should be able to protect themselves against the government and any other threat to their well-being and their personal freedom. And the ability to defend ourselves and our property against undue and unjust aggression is critical to the very core of our constitutional republic. Don't let anybody tell you that only the National Guard can keep and bear arms. Only the Army, only the Air Force, only the Marines have the constitutional right to keep and bear arms. George Mason made it very clear when he asked, what is the militia? And then he answered, it is the whole people. It's you, it's me, it's everybody who is a law-abiding citizen and of rational capacity in mind has the right To keep an arm that will fend off anyone who's trying to take away your property and your freedom and your life and your liberty. This isn't complicated. It's actually pretty clear. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion.